Hello, friends. We're back again. It's Fightful Overbooked, and I have someone who challenged me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so desperately sorry. Yeah. I brought my buddy Jeff Hawkins here to talk about some old school wrestling because <laughs> I got I got the gauntlet thrown down. Well, no, the thing the thing was, well, you were upset about something. I go, well, if I really want to torture Joel, I'll have him watch. NWA Bunkhouse Stampede 1988. He goes, challenge accepted. I go, all right, <laughs> let's talk about this. But uh, no, it, it's an important show in, in in the history. If you like the Royal Rumble, it's because of this show. And and we'll, we'll get into the history of that in a moment. But uh, your initial thoughts, I, I take it, are negative. <laughs> <laughs> so... On the show that I that I do every Wednesday and Sunday on the channel, we talk about today wrestling. Right. And my co-host Tim and I are more inclined to watch what's on today. And yeah, we have our opinions, but we we discuss more the angles. We discuss more the uh, we don't we don't talk about it in terms of like how it used to be. We'll talk about right. what's going on common day. Right. Uh, when I go back and watch older stuff, it's when I watch '80s stuff. It doesn't always do it for me. Some right. of the main no, event it, it, caliber matches do. But a lot of like the undercard that I watched, especially this show, whew, did not. Here, and in 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 my defense, when I talk eighties wrestling, I'm usually cherry picking the best angles and the best things. And the problem yes. and the thing was, the business then wasn't necessarily it was television oriented, but it was television oriented to get you to go to a live show to watch the good stuff. So there's a lot of squash matches, there's a lot of filler, there's a lot of angles. But the promos were outstanding back then, and, and that's part of the problem. Uh, let me, let me give you some context, um, about both the bunkhouse stampede and what's going on at this time in 1988, the bunkhouse stampede was brought in by dusty Rhodes when he took over as Booker for Jim Crockett promotions in 1985, I want to say, um, or 1984 and then into 1985 at that time. Crockett was only running two events a year, two big events a year. The Great American Bash, which was usually a tour of things. There wasn't a uh, itself a Great American Bash. There was the Great American Bash on tour, which would be like a main event coming, a pay-per-view coming to each city in there. And there was Starcade. Okay. Yeah. And Starcade was the big end of the year spectacular when they'd blow off all the different angles and, and things like that. And so when Dusty came in, he goes, well, we, we need to start doing more. And one of his ideas was this, the bunkhouse stampede, which was when you go to an arena and at the end of the night would be a battle royal, which were always popular, but it's a come as you are street fight battle royal, which is awesome when you think about it, especially with, you know, guys would come and, and you saw it a little bit on this, you know, you, you'd have your cutoff tanks, you'd have weight belts gloved hands bandanas all around blue jeans with knee pads over them which always my jam you know a couple guys would bring a hubcap the russians would bring their chain the road warriors <laughs> would occasionally bring their spikes yep and everybody pretty much bled and that was that was the selling point you come in here you gotta see some guys bleed and beat each other up okay great idea always happened after starcade always was in january you know, come see the bunkhouse stampede when it comes to your area. And I, I got to see one in Norfolk. It was pretty darn cool. Oh, Dusty, sweet. of course, won. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was the Dusty match. It was. <laughs> well, a couple years in, then they decided, well, let's have one 
bunkhouse final at the end that takes the winners of each individual bunkhouse stampede to have a super bunkhouse stampede, you know, with a cowboy boot full of cash. Sounds like an awesome idea. Yeah. So when they when they tossed that out there, I, I didn't know this. And they were like, it's for five hundred thousand dollars. And I'm like, okay, great. Eighty eight. That's pretty. That's a pretty neat amount of money. Well, this is yeah, even before that. This is like in the eighty seven one. They, they just had oh, a straight they, they had a straight bunkhouse stampede battle royal final in the Omni. Gotcha. That, that okay. they were building for okay. 88, 88. They decided to up their game. Um, <laughs> and, and let me, let me, let me lay the lay of the land here between Crockett and Vince. Cause Jim Crockett promotions is now creeping northward and westward to try and to try and build territory. They, they, they had Starcade in Chicago and they beat the road Warriors in Chicago, which was dumb. Yeah, you don't do that. <laughs> you don't do that. But but the, but they've they've gotten a lot of the Eastern Seaboard. They've gotten above Maryland now. They they they've been playing uh, Washington. They they've been playing Phil- Philadelphia. They're very popular in Philadelphia. And there's a common place where both WWF and NWA can play, and that's the Nassau Coliseum in Uniondale, New York, because they would yes. accept both people. So they decide. Well, now also what happened? Starcade '87 was on pay per view, but Vince McMahon or no, Star yeah Starcade '87. Vince McMahon says if you play their Starcade, you're not going to get WrestleMania the next year. Oh, and and in 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 uh, as, as a as as a help, we're going to give you something here called the Survivor Series. So the Survivor oh, yeah. Series was built to screw with Starcade. I remember that, and and this didn't fa- this didn't face Crockett off. Crockett's all right, fine, especially Dusty because Dusty, you know, du- du- <laughs> ladies, find yourself someone who loves you as much as Dusty loved Dusty because <laughs> Dusty just thought, you know what, I'll just put more of me on TV, baby, and that'll be it. Hey man, so that's they decide, love, that's all. And this is still relatively young and in, into pay per view. Yeah. Uh, but really, before then, uh, it was the closed circuit stuff where you'd pay like twenty bucks to go to the same arena, watch a watch a screen that was put up. You know, with a bad sound system, yeah, and to eat stale popcorn and to watch the event like you were there. You know, it, it was dreadful, but you know, pay per view made it cool. Even though you could either dial on your phone or go down to your local cable company and get a special box to watch the pay per view, <laughs> which was a pay. You have to go to an office. Hey, I want to watch the wrestling. Can I do that? <laughs> but but they're on phase. They decide. You know what? We're going to do this pay per view in January. And, uh, and 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 run it back there, and then they won't have time to plan. Well, uh, guess who decides on January twenty eighth, nineteen eighty eight? We need a special on USA TV. Why? Look at that! It's the WWF. And on that day, they decided, hey, you know what? We're having a real problem with this card. They they really, if you read the Wikipedia angle on the on the on the uh, Royal Rumble, it it really kind of oh they were looking, <laughs> they didn't have any ideas, and then all of a sudden, Dick Ebersol looked down upon them and said, "Why don't you try that timed battle royal idea you had?" And thus, the Royal Rumble was no, they were going to do a, they were going to do a battle royal of some kind on this show to counteract. Uh, to counteract the bunkhouse stampede, but for this bunkhouse stampede finale, they decided we're going to make the stakes even higher. What we're going to do is we're going to do a battle <laughs> royal where you can anything goes and bring any weapons, and we're going to do it in a cage. Fourteen-year-old me thought this was the greatest idea in the world because of course, yeah. everything's oh, going to go oh, wrong. Yeah. And there's two ways you can eliminate people: you can eliminate them through the door, 
or over the top of the cage and you're going, oh, there's going to be some people getting hurt. You know, you don't know that this is a work. You're just like, oh, violence. This is this is what young teenage Jeff Hawkins wants is more and more violence. And then you watch it and you realize the folly of having a battle royal in a cage means you yep. have to find dumb ways for people to climb the cage. <laughs> And and that's then, I, I'm sitting and watching it and I'm just like, why, why is no one climbing the cage? Yes. Why is this so difficult? And why can't we get the eliminations out of the way or at least start something? Yeah. It was driving me nuts. Continue. So we're going to have, we're going to have this card. We're going to have it in Uniondale, New York, not, not Greensboro, not Atlanta, not even Norfolk, just my home area. Yeah. We're going to have it in Uniondale, New York. Okay, great. It's going to be a pay-per-view. Okay, Great. Tickets say ring time, 7.30. Turns out time to start was 6.30. What? <laughs> so, the, so the live crowd was getting there late, and they were pissed. That's why oh during God. the opening match between Bobby Eaton and Nikita Koloff, it's still three quarters empty because... So- I was watching the match and I'm just like, why is this so dead? And like, this, why am I not enjoying this? There was no crowd. This I, would happen a couple of times. This happened in Starcade 89 Future Shock as well. They announced oh, the no. time as like, uh, I think they announced the time as eight and it started at seven. And so people were still filing in. We're trying to get to the arena after work when it started. Cause that was on like a Thursday night. This is at least, I believe on a Saturday, I want to say. But how do you mess up a time that bad? Was this like a time change thing? Because they're coming it, from the Midwest. It, no, it, no, it was, no, no. It was, it was a, it was a miscommunication between the arena, and 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 the schedule. That's so when the strange. so when the arena printed up the tickets, it said bell time seven thirty, and it turned out bell time was six thirty. Oh God! And everybody was you, looking at their tickets, and there was no internet then. Yeah, you couldn't just. Like that. Yeah, there was no way to get to people. You couldn't put it. You could, unless you knew, unless you unless you knew the time the 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 show was supposed to start on pay per view, and not a lot of places were running it because again, Vince was also putting on pressure about WrestleMania. If you want WrestleMania, you need to do this. Yeah. They didn't know, so yes, people got to the arena and they had missed a dark match between uh, the Sheep Herders and Jimmy Garvin and Sting. And then they they were coming in during Eaton and and Koloff they missed I believe they probably were if you're coming in on time you're probably coming in just in time for Flair and Hawk here you probably missed Zabisco and Wyndham as well there were people there were definitely more people there for Zabisco and and Wyndham when I was watching like I saw yeah. the crowd start to fill in and I also saw people actually react especially to the end of that match which I really like the end of that match by the way I just like the the use of baby dolls heels and like yeah. Hide in the way that Zbysko hides it perfectly out of view, like stuff like that works for me. Uh, and I saw the crowd react, so maybe they had started getting more into the venue because that match also went almost twenty minutes as well. So you gotta you gotta wonder if we were getting closer to a full house. But you're yeah. right; by the time they got to the main event, uh, to the to the the world title match with Flair and Hawk, um, that filled in. People were loud for that. Yeah, and, and one of the like, if you watch this show, <laughs> and you hate screw jobs and professional wrestling from week to week, don't, don't watch. <laughs> you're going, you're going to get mad at this because this is a special event. This is a pay per view where you think the things are going to be clean, but no, Dusty went for heat on this one. So yeah. you have time limit draw, uh, screw job, uh, heel pin due to interference. And also disqualification due to interference. Oh, so, so you start off with a pretty decent 
couple of wrestlers. I mean, at least Bobby Eaton was Bobby Eaton versus Nikita Koloff. The way I can describe Nikita Koloff is think Roman Reigns right after the shield broke up. That's about the level that Nikita Koloff was at this time. He had been turned babyface to replace Magnum TA who mm-hmm. had, uh, who had been crippled in a car accident and he was turned face because of glass And he was teamed with dusty Rhodes as the superpowers and getting this big baby face. And, and this was basically your basic mid card feud. And this is how they do feud. Sometimes is you'd have the mid card belt guy wrestling against tag team wrestlers because tag team wrestlers are more naturally, uh, aren't as good as singles as they are in a team that that's how stories like this work. But you know, this was just, this was just a long match for me. I, I, I love Bobby Eaton to death, but boy, work in the arm, work in the arm, work in the yes, arm. Yes, yes, yes. And you didn't get to see a lot of the high flying Bobby Eaton. No, which, he does which one, sad. one missile drop kick from a top yes, rope. And that and was that's it. about it. Yeah. And, and yeah. so, 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 so I can imagine Joel watching this and going, yeah, we're off to a rollicking start, right? Now. Like, I listen, like they, there's a bit of heat at the beginning where like Cornette is hugging Eaton and getting yes. food for it. Like they're, they're in New York and I get it. It's a different, it's a different place compared to where they normally run, but different also, place in time. Yeah. Yeah. Different place in time. But also like if Koloff was this Soviet union representative, why was he being cheered so heavily? Oh, because he got turned. He got, like I said, he got turned by Dusty when when Magnum went down. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And, I get and, it. I and get was it crippled. But Magnum, he's still playing off as, as someone from the Soviet Union. Yes, but he's part of the Gorbachev Soviet Union now. He, oh, he's embracing right. more Western values now. Okay, yeah, got which, it. Which, okay. which, is, which is part of the story. He's a reformed Russian while his evil Uncle Ivan, who's in the uh, main event. In the main event, yeah. Is is still you know full on Ruski as Got opposed it. to him. You know, he's, I understand. I believe he was also like, uh, I think he was like uh, hailed from Belarus or or one of the Soviet republics that oh, tried no. to break away too, just to try and help <laughs> such things, you know, with Glasnost. But yeah, no, he was teamed with Dusty Rhodes, and they were the superpowers, uh, U.S. and USSR team. Of course, you know, yep. this is around the time of Rocky Four. <laughs> it's just all of that, you know. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And, and so this, and you know, he was a perfectly decent mid card champion, Nikita. He was he, he had been in the main event, I believe the year before at Starcade against Ric Flair when he was still a heel. Mm-hmm. Um, he was originally supposed to be part of demolition. Uh, Vince tried to get Nikita to come up, uh, there. And, uh, he said, no, thank you. Nikita took some time off, came back noticeably, uh, when his wife died, uh, he had noticeably shrunk by then, uh, wasn't as much on the gas as he used to be. You know, he had a couple of runs in WCW is always solid. Uh, one, one wonders what would have happened if he hadn't have, have left the business for a few years, or even if he had yeah. gone to WWF for a while, because yeah. Vince probably would turn him into some kind of character and would have done something with him, maybe in a tag team, maybe singles. But, uh, yeah. Uh, had you seen any of Nikita Koloff before this? years ago i okay. like i not to the point where i could tell you you know how many matches i've seen of his but like i, I was fam- somewhat familiar with the work the roman reigns push is what he would get a lot yeah you know he's not gonna yeah. be in there more than two minutes he's gonna kill a guy he's gonna look yeah. good doing it and then and then you'll put him in with flair who could carry him to a match right so like in my notes from when i was watching like uh, there was like a slugfest fi- slugfest finish as we're getting to the to the last few minutes and like doing the big punches in the corner and the crowd is into it Koloff hits that big lariat, but then he loses time because he's like, he's sold too long. 
He waited way too long to go for any pin and he lost complete track of time. And then afterward, they have Stan Lane come in and beat down Koloff along with Eaton and, and Cornette. But then Koloff has no friends. Like no one comes out to even try. Like they're trying to build the heats, right? With 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 Corny Lane and uh, and Eaton, and it just it's not it's not doing it for me. Yeah, you were kind of expecting Dusty to come out and save him, but at, at least or at least someone to represent yeah. Dusty, a friend yeah. of Dusty, because you don't want to send out Dusty if he's going to be in the main event and yada 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 as it is at the time. Uh, but then again, more dusty, more dusty. Uh, I just, I think I expected more, but they did nothing. They didn't, they didn't do anything at the time. They just kind of let it play out and it didn't play out well. <laughs> and then Joel, you were, you were exposed to one of the finest pieces of comedy ever put together. The Western States heritage title. What is this title? It is a created title. Of course. Specifically for Barry Windham. By Not Dusty anymore. Rhodes, because because Barry Windham is the heir apparent to Dusty, supposedly okay. yeah, uh, yeah. He's the son of Blackjack Mulligan. But but he had always liked Barry. He, he I mean Barry had been in the NWA at least once before this, before he went up to the WWF to team with Mike Rotunda as, as that team. He he had gotten a main event push. They had shown him pinning Harley Race on TV, and Dusty being the guy to give him a Corvette and everything like that. But uh, yeah, and and plus with the Westward expansion, you know he wasn't going to be national champion because we were do or we were using the secondary belt really for Nikita right now, mm-hmm. and the TV belt you know was floating around. I believe I want to say Tully had it at this time. Tully or Arn had it at this time, I think. So we needed another belt. We're expanding Westward. Uh, Don Owen still is running the Portland territory. So when we go to the West Coast, we need a belt to to uh, to defend. And that's gonna be Barry Windham. And who do we put him in against? Larry. Larry Zabisco, who is on one of his sojourns south to the NWA prior to marrying Greg Gagne's daughter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and going back to the AWA, the 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 soft confines where he'd be a, a king. But you know, he at this time he had been he I, I believe this was after his first run with gary hart and al perez as a team here maybe it's the same year I'm, i might be misremembering things apologies if i do but Zabisco's always been Zabisco, always trying to grow the mullet always stalling always yelling and complaining always doing that weird spin kick that i just absolutely love and now he's teamed with baby doll which is an interesting pair because yep. baby doll had been around the nwa for years first as tully blanchard second and then seconding Dusty, and now she's turned bad again after coming back. And uh, she was she was seconding the Midnight Express for a while after Cornette blew out her knee, stay blew out his knee, sorry, um, and then stayed around because he was she was in Dusty's good graces uh, still, even though she was married to Sam Houston. Uh, and and she's now with the heel Larry Zabisco, and they made an interesting team. I thought I I, I always. Look, yeah. Baby, Baby Doll and Tully were fantastic. Nicola Roberts is fantastic in her role as Baby Doll. If you watch 85, 86 builds and stuff like that, she can take a bump. She does take bumps from men. They use that for heat a lot. The you know, dusty elbowing her and then having to apologize later would never fly in today's day and age, probably, unless you're doing intergender stuff. But um mm-hmm. With Zabisco, it was a little bit of a different dynamic, but it's kind of a similar dynamic to Tully Blanchard, who is also a brat, a bratty type wrestler. Um, and, but this was also slow. 
I mean, yes. admittedly slow. Yeah. And but you did get to see some of Barry's greatness here. I mean, when he hits those ropes, man, I don't think I've seen anybody of that size hit the ropes like he does and and mm-hmm. get a spring off of them for for a lariat as he did. Yeah, you know, obviously had yeah. agility. Obviously could throw a mean drop kick. At, he's six. I want to say six nine. I mean, impress and with the small ring and using the cables. That ring really made him look like a, 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 a million bucks. And you could see why he had star power here. Yeah. And then going back and watching the match, like you said, it was it was slow. It was plodding. But those moments where Wyndham is going and going as he was. Yeah. Like it, it was, there were some memorable moments. And again, he's one, of the be- reference- he's one of the best wrestlers of that era. And it's a shame that yeah. things yeah. happen as they did. But yeah. So, so I'm going through the match and like, like I said, I'm not super enjoying it, but when we got towards the finish, I, I personally enjoyed the way it was laid out. I liked the, the baby doll fake three when the ref is out, like I yep. thought stuff like that was really neat. And then we get to the stiletto spot and then the cover and Zabisco wins the, the Western States championship, uh, that, and I was like, okay, sure. I don't know. I obviously don't know what happens from here, but in the moment, I'm just like, okay, this works in the confines of the match just to finish me. Yeah. Um, well, what happens from here is Wyndham actually starts teaming with Luger, uh, uh, who had just sure. turned on the horseman, uh, and we get it. Well, it's also part of history because because they ran the Royal Rumble up against this show, Jim Crockett decides, you know what? For your little WrestleMania show over there, I'm going to run a free show called Clash of the Champions. Yes. Yeah. I did and and so at Clash of the Champions, it was uh, Wyndham and Luger taking on Tully and Arn for the tag team titles. And that's where they'd go because Luger was looking to get revenge on the horseman from here. Now, now I think that this match would have been better remembered. It's never going to be remembered as a classic, but if you had have done pretty much the same ending for what might be the worst Ric Flair Hawk match I've seen. Yeah. Um, like what they had doing? a great one in Philly for the bash tour, I thought, but this one to me under delivered in many, many ways. I mean, yep. you, you had the standard Hawk, not selling spot and Ric Flair. Do, Rick, this was Ric Flair at uh 50% speed and yes. 50% yep. acting and 50% antics and things like that. I don't know if he had a rough night the night before <laughs> Hawk. Hawk wasn't really doing all that much to me. Um, no, to he, be honest he, with you, which I kind of expected it. The Hawk and singles like this wasn't really like, it wasn't his forte, but also it wasn't, I don't know. Maybe the chemistry wasn't there. Maybe they went too it, hard. It just before, might have been right? a bad night, but I mean, they have yeah. good chemistry because I mean, he, they, they work the horseman a lot. So. That's a good point. Yeah. But, but again, like if we're working the horseman, you're working. Then again, Hawk was never tags. a technical specialist. He was, you nope. know, get his power moves and, and get in there. And yeah, yeah, more used to doing tag team matches. Yeah. Uh, quite still at this point. Um, I, I, I like the little story that they had with like, yeah, JJ was afraid to be anywhere near Hawk. Like he was running away at every opportunity, you know, and yeah, it was a traditional Ric Flair, you know, begging off and then doing little heel things. The eye poke doesn't work. It's no sold. So what does he do? He goes to low blow him and that works, but it becomes a rest spot. And I'm like, wait a minute. Why are we just sitting here? This is, this isn't what we should do. Right. Uh, yeah. And not that I'm expecting, you know, Flair to suddenly, Hulk up and beat the shit out of Hulk. No, 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 no. no. But like, do but you expect a certain? I mean, you expect a certain attempt at doing like heat and getting like chops on Hawk and and, you know working over the leg. You know, kind of you know like like you'd see almost in '89 
flair when when flair was taking on like the steamboats of the world that that right. kind of flair is what you were expecting here yeah i was expecting flair to, to at least get up and start dropping knees right yeah do, do the knee in the roll that like yeah. you always do but instead he doesn't he's just on the floor and he's tired he's out and like the crowd is going nuts because it's flair and because it's hawk and they're there yeah is, and they love both of them. i there. mean this crowd yeah. loves both those guys but this match just didn't give them what they wanted it, and, and, yeah, and, and no. you get the usual jj shenanigans at the end and ellering Help. And that would have been fine if you hadn't just done a a, a a screw job finish on the last match. Yeah, exactly. And so they they do the chair spot and Flair gets himself obviously like a flagrant D- DQ finish. And at that point, I'm just like, well, that was just but the thing. But shit. the thing about that, I, I, I but here's the thinking. OK, okay. Zabisco gets the heat against Dusty's boy uh, Wyndham. Flair gets the heat against fan favorite Hawk. So people okay. are angry and angry and angry and they want to release and they want to be able to cheer for somebody. And who's going to win the, the, the bunkhouse stampede finals. Oh, look at that. It's dusty roads. Who's going to get, who's going to get this windfall of love supposedly for winning this match. And uh, yeah, as we get into it, there, there were issues here too. Um, Two people who had won battle Royals in the lead up to this were not in the match inexplicably Steve, Dr. Death Williams, and uh, Big Bubba Rogers, a.k.a. the Ray Trailer, a.k.a. the man who would be Thank known you. as the Big Boss Man up up north. I believe, you know, I, I don't know why this was. Um, maybe maybe there was a UWF house show somewhere, although Sting was on this show, too. I, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Sting's I think the merger had still happened at this point. But, um, mm. yeah, so you have... <laughs> You have a, you know, it's not the worst lineup in the world. Let me get the exact list here for you. It's, uh, uh, I got it here. Okay, it's I have Ar- it too. I got oh, Arn Anderson, Lex Luger, Animal, Barbarian, Warlord, Ivan Kolov, Tully, and Dusty. Yeah, it, it, it's uh, it's it's about half great workers and half jacked up dudes. Yeah, um, good 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 mix there. <laughs> yeah, and and the thing about this match, which uh, the big angle going to this match was that. Arn and Tully had already won at least multiple. Uh, one had won multiple bunkhouse matches, I think, and one had not. Um, or no, Lex had won one, and he was still a horseman at the time. And JJ yeah. J. Dillon was entered in a bunkhouse stampede. <laughs> and so the final four in this bunkhouse stampede were Arn, Tully, Lex, and JJ. And JJ, being a geek manager, goes, Oh, guys, you know what? I've never won one of these things and it would really, you know, I, you know, it would give me, I could be in the finals, which sounds ridiculous, but they, but you know, you know, it would really mean a lot to my career and my legacy. If I could, if I could say that I was a bunkhouse stampede winner. So, you know, Arn sure thing jumps over the top rope. Tully sure. Anything for you, JJ, you've led us all these years, blah, blah, blah. Go over the top rope. Arn or Luger. Luger. Luger refuses <laughs> out of a sense of no, this is every man for himself. This is professional wrestling. This, this hurts the integrity of the battle Royal. I'm not going to do it. There's one thing Lex Luger knows about is the, uh, the integrity <laughs> of professional wrestling. That's he right. Had, he had turned 30 times. This is only the first <laughs> turn he had done. Right. He's early in his days. Yes, this is early. <laughs> <laughs> he might have turned four times during this battle Royal. Who knows? <laughs> But yeah, so he goes, no, throws JJ out, gets a big pop. Arn and Tully are, are flabbergasted, go in there, start the beat down, gets, a, gets you know, 
He gets saved by the baby faces at one point, you know, even though they don't trust him, but they do save him and run the, run the horseman out. And this is the beginning of baby face Lex Luger. Okay, great. So, so now Dusty has a friend in there as opposed to just all heels. Cause you yeah. notice this lineup, it's yeah. all heels. All heels. If you keep Luger a heel, except for Dusty Rhodes, which is perfect for Dusty, but you have to have somebody have an excuse to beat up somebody else. Yes, exactly. So this match starts and it it's 15 <laughs> minutes before there's the first elimination, which is, <laughs> which is realistic, but also preposterous in many yeah. ways. So I get to that and it's a warlord barbarian and they, they get rid of Ivan Koloff and I like the elimination. Like I really enjoyed, they had him over the top of the cage. Yeah. Ivan Ko- Koloff was go. thought of as a weak link in Paul Jones army at the time. Yeah. Yes. And he was getting phased out of Crockett due to age as well. So yes, this was how they established the quote unquote powers of pain as, as a dominant force in Paul Jones army and got rid of Ivan Koloff. Yeah. So he's out and then we keep going. Uh, it was, at this point, I'm just like, okay, now this has to pick up, right? And it kind of does. I mean, you got Tully eliminates Warlord. Yeah. Right? Um, I forget how. How does um, how does he get him? Do you remember? Through the door. Is it just, just straight out, eh? Yeah, just straight out. There. I can't remember all the all these eliminations. I That's right. And then he gets, yeah, and he gets Animal as well. Uh, and then Arn, Lex, and Tully. Oh, no, I think Warlord went over the top, too. I think it was oh, one of those things, like, and they were all on like the turnbuckles and stuff, and somehow, oh, you're probably right. You know, yeah, Warlord yeah. just climbed over and then <laughs> hit him down, and things like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, I mean, it doesn't matter how people got eliminated. It was preposterous yeah. how all these people were getting eliminated. I mean, Dusty's like Dusty and the Barbarian are just kind of hanging out during yeah, this entire time. They're just going back and forth, and then we yeah. get down to it in the Barbarian, and uh, guess who wins? And I love the Barbarian. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, right. I, I do. The Barbarian is one of those guys who you watch his body of work over time and, yeah. and it, 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 he's, he's never going to be a work rate freak. He got trashed for ruining Ron Simmons's WCW title run. Cause the first title match on a pay-per-view was against the barbarian who, who was still a mid card guy, but you know, you watch his squashes, you watch that run with the power, with the, uh, what was the name of this team with Ming? uh wasn't the no it's not the powers of pain not the powers of pain no. it was uh oh, oh my god I, they're, sh- they're screaming at us on, i know on the they are and now. i can't i can't remember it but uh but you watch watch those even in the mid 90s oh yeah. faces of fear faces, faces of, fear, of fear i was gonna say which is like, a I, sneaky good team yeah i mean much better than the warlord team they was known of they, they tried to turn those two into wws like, road warriors but they couldn't i was but, i'm seeing jimmy hart as like walking them down the yeah i'm just like i know who's yelling what's he yelling Be- well a sneaky sneaky fun time to watch is that night those 95 nitros in the first yes. hour where mm-hmm. they're bringing back all these great tag teams like the fantastics and the rock and roll express <laughs> and marty Janetti to work with them you know and it, it's like one of those cool you know i, th- I think Paul Diamond and Pat Tanaka end up against him at one point too, which is great. You know, it, it's just, just to go down. It's just one of those Jeff Hawkins, you know, all my teams in one place. It's so great to watch this type of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, but so yeah, uh, instead of fighting the horsemen, the horsemen get eliminated by Dusty, of course. But the final boss is the Barbarian for some reason, and even though he's not a human, but he's a monster heel. They're doing kind of the Hogan push with Dusty here. Uh, yeah, and uh, and he goes out, and of course, Dusty wins to the delight of everybody. 
except people who were sick of dusty roads, like right. most people. Um, in retrospect, at this time, the next year, most of these people are gone from the company, mm-hmm. which really, <laughs> including Dusty, which makes it, or I think Dusty, follow, I forget when he, he jumps, but um, no, Tully and Arn would be gone by the end of the year. The, the powers of pain leave because Dusty wanted to do, had them to do another scaffold match. And they go, you're nuts. That thing's too high. I'm not doing it. So oh, they yeah, walk. Yeah. JJ Dillon's gone to work in the front office over at the WWF. Barry Windham leaves to, to be the short lived. I believe, I believe this was the widow maker at this time or the stalker. I can't remember which one of those two gimmicks it was, but it died on, on the vine real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, Koloff, I think is still there. Cause I think he does the, yeah, he does that Tower of Doom thing because he brings in the Russian assassins to make good with with Paul Jones. Uh, you know, Ray Trailer's gone by then. Yep. Uh, um, Doctor Death spends a little bit of time in the company, but uh, he goes to Japan afterwards. Uh, it doesn't, and and is back and forth, back and forth. Uh, Zabisco's gone. The Midnight Express stay for a while, um, and, and and but leave for a little bit in '89 when they bring in Polly dangerously. Uh, yeah. So, so this thing is just a, just a, <laughs> it's, it, it's a death knell for the company for the most part, even though clash of the champions, very successful for the company, but you know, dusty gonna dusty. Yeah. Starts to wear on people and especially started to wear on Tully Blanchard, who, who really was the guy making a stink behind the scenes on, on things. And, and I think, you know, Dusty wanted to put over Dusty, and and Dusty also didn't care how badly other people got hurt doing these things that Dusty was thinking of. So, yeah. while while it is important in wrestling history, it's also just a sad indicator of things to come later. If you were a fan of NWA like I was, because you didn't want to see your favorites go to, to go to Vince and be turned into these kitty cartoon type wrestlers, you want to see real men bleeding and fighting each other. Right, which it was, which this was. was, yeah, exactly. Yes, this was this was a lot of bleeding, and uh, and uh, not very good. <laughs> the picture of the warlord coming out of, like a gold's gym tank just makes me laugh every day. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's the warlord, all right, okay. It's, yeah, just a bunch of guys out of out of their traditional garb, like coming out and being like, "I'm gonna beat the shit out of each other." And it was, yeah, yeah it was. You know, I I know we make the joke like when men were men, but like that's really what we got yes. coming into this match, and that wasn't well, so bad. Yeah, when, when it was still a carny business, and yeah. if you saw a wrestler on the street, you'd be scared to death to talk to them because you, you'd be afraid they'd punch you in the face. Exactly, because they were just ornery old carnies. Ornery, ornery carnies who drank a lot. That's all yeah. I ever wanted out of my wrestler. Sure. <laughs> uh, now I know. That's how I got Jeff every time. Ornery old wrestlers. Oh, jeez. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so I'm on cage match. This has got a ranking. What do you do? You know the ranking? Have you seen it? I have not seen it. Do you want me to guess it? Take a guess. What? what what's the scale? One to ten? Out of ten, yeah. Uh, Three point one. No, it's higher. What? Well, yes. that's not too bad then. Okay. Four point eight seven. Four point eight seven. It's it's almost average. Most people have ranked it at five. There's 29 people who have who have rated the show. It's not the worst show in the world. It's just it's just if you're used to watching hot, if you're if you're used to like AEW or indie wrestling, it's gonna be at a snail space for you, right? And and for me, like I said, some matches really some matches were fine. Others were nothing blew my socks off. Finishes right. some of the finishes were cool, but otherwise, I'm just kind of like, why are we doing this? 
And it's not going to deter me from going back and watching other old stuff. Like I'm going to go out and search other stuff. Next but... show you get to pick. So you get to torture me. You know, that, oh, right? great. I mean, I'm going already... to allow, I'm going to allow that to happen. And I'll tell you my blind spot is like 2000 to 2005 wrestling. Oh my God. That's perfect. I mean, okay. I did, uh, I did battle, but what I did, was it battle bowl? Oh, God. You did a battle yeah. bowl. I think, I think Rob and I did it for, uh, for select. I went and... to a battle bowl oh. live. <laughs> it was it was not great it, no. I think it was 91 yeah that's just, the one i went to live i no, think the one in norfolk so yeah yeah go go back you can the listen one that to starts Rob off with I. the japanese women tag team i think oh, I, don't, I don't think it was that one okay never mind then because that one that, that match was that match slapped i thought those, those two kill those two got got people on their feet for for that one but uh it, it was the starcade ba- the starcade battle ball is the one i went to that's the starcade 91 lethal lottery battle ball Okay. That's the one that we did. We did that for select. And uh, right. we had a lot of feelings about that show. If you go back, if you're a FIFA select <laughs> subscriber, you can go back and, and find that Rob Wilkins and I, uh, Rob Wilkins is on this channel, by the way, has coexisting with Maggie. Anyway, uh, this was fun. Jeff, we're going to do it again. This yes, is good and, and then and you will topic. have to return the favor of me having to watch a bad show. Probably. I think <laughs> I can always do that. You know what? In the comments, I want some people to put in some shows that Jeff and I should talk about good or bad. I mean, preferably bad. So that I'll tell, I'll, t- I'll tell you blind spots in my wrestling fandom. Like I don't oh. know a lot of ring of honor. Okay. I don't fair. know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, TNA is kind of there. Although I did go to uh, bound for glory, 2011, I think I went uh, to bound for glory, 2017. Okay. And then a couple whenever they came to Toronto, I would go. I'd prefer on the older side, like it, like, you yeah, know, that's fair. you can always do AWA super clash. I don't know if no, anybody they, ever wants to sit through AWA super clash. They though, did the but, super clash thing. So if people are okay. just going for like the shitty, yeah, I think, uh, Sean did one. At least on have Select some entertainment value in the show. Don't, don't, don't give yeah. us, don't give no. us a bad show. Cause it's a bad show. Cause this wasn't a ba- terrible show. It was no. just a little dull. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like we still found what to talk about and we found some good and bad out of it. So don't, don't tell us like, Oh, you got to go watch, you know, November or not November, uh, December to December 2008. Cause we ain't touching that shit. That was a bad pay-per-view all around. I almost so. gave you a future shock, which I just recently rewatched and nobody should ever rewatch that one. It was a good <laughs> idea with poorly executed. Yeah. Not doing that one. No. All right, Jeff, let's get out of here. Where can the people find you on the internet? Uh, at crap game 13, as it says on there, uh, I host a show called shake them ropes. You can follow just the show L one word. Um, we do a kind of a lazy river of wrestling criticism, just the, with the news and anything we watched on TV or any old stuff, Jeff watch, you know, it's a me <laughs> show pretty much. Um, I'm also over at fight game media right after dynamite doing the dynamite show with Paul Fontaine, all hot takes on just the two hours of dynamite. If that's more your speed and that's more of what you want to listen to me do. And then uh, hopefully more shows here on Fightful Overbooked. I love this gimmick. Hell yeah. I'm at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Drop us a like, drop us a comment. You know where to find us. New content is here daily. Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary. We'll see you in the next video.